It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. One man only will raise the WWF Championship when the battle is over. Triple H, The Big Show, The Rock, Mick Foley. WrestleMania, where championship lore is born and legends live forever. This is the crowning achievement in sports entertainment. 
Um, so before I go forward, what did you remember as a kid? Mm-hmm. I used to, in a good way, despise Triple H. He was a great bad guy. When he first busted out the sledgehammer in 1999, it was terrifying to me <laughs> as a kid. Like, what? Is he really hitting these people with the sledgehammer? This is ridiculous. I loved this transition to the game. In fact, the entrance music that he has right here was played on my boombox on the WrestleMania 2000 CD. This so is the, and this is like yeah. his, his theme for the... Next 15 years is different. This yes. is like his transition theme, right. right? Yeah, before he gets into Motorhead and Lenny, yeah. that, that cut like the next three of his normal theme songs. This was like yeah, his first real Triple H the game one. Uh, I, I liked I liked Triple H a lot. Um, I kind of turned on him, unfortunately, like when towards when WWF branded WWE and then he was he was still that guy, but he was the main heel. I just always felt like he was champion for like from 2002 to 2004. I am pretty confident Triple H was like WWE champion for like 22 of the 24 months with like two little blips against Goldberg and Shawn Michaels, right? But this Triple H, just post-DX, entering the McMahon era, I was still a fan of. He had a lot of swagger. Um, It's interesting to watch him transform over these Mania rewinds we've been doing because, like, I mean, to be honest, those first, like, what, WrestleMania 10 and 11 when he first shows up, he's kind of a train wreck. They don't know what to do with him, at least personality-wise. Like, his wrestling's fine. Yeah, he's this rich snob, yeah, that, this character. The, he, he's a, they couldn't figure out how to really brand him, and then he just becomes this, like, awesome heel. And I think to the point where, I mean, the majority of his career is a heel, but I think people gravitated towards him being a heel, and they were okay with it. Yeah. Yeah, he, it's, it's amazing, because he is definitely one of the greatest heel characters of all time. But he's also, when DX was a face group, a face faction... He's the leader of one of the all-time most popular face factions sure. as well. So he's been on both sides of the fence. Uh, and I already mentioned that, that and, and I believe he and Degeneration X were, were a good guy group, a face group in the fall of 1999. They kind of went back and forth, heel face, heel face. Right. When uh, Stephanie was about to marry Test live on Monday Night Raw or whatever it was. Raw. And the family's up there, and she's going to get married, and all of a sudden Triple H comes out. And what is, what, what's going on? Why is Triple H out here? And he yeah. shows the footage of... Stephanie's so bad. 20 years later, you could never get Awful, away with like, a woman passed out in the seat. And Triple H saying, I do, yeah. on behalf of Stephanie. And then them getting married. So at first it was like Stephanie was mortified. And then somewhere along the line, they were in on it together. And yeah. then they became this power couple. And so the fallout from WrestleMania 2000 is is the McMahon-Helmsley era and Vince McMahon turning on The Rock. And so they basically adopted Triple H into their family, both on camera and behind the (laughs) scenes after WrestleMania 2000. So the other two big things leading up to this WrestleMania, perhaps the two most iconic stars coming into WrestleMania 2000, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Undertaker, neither one of them participated. Yeah, they're absent. Peak of the Attitude Era. So Stone Cold was recovering from his long overdue neck surgery. So he gets he gets uh, pile-driven by Owen Hart in 1997 in the summer, breaks his neck, never actually gets the surgery that he needs to because he's on the verge of this WrestleMania push. So they kind of rush him back in late 1997, and he just sort of takes it easy in the ring as much as, much as he can for the next two and a half years and carries the company mm-hmm. through the Attitude Era. And then, um, and then he gets his surgery. They wrote him off TV in the later part of 1999 at Survivor Series by having him get hit by a car. That's right. And at first it was framed up. So, so he <laughs> made his return a couple months after WrestleMania or like the month after WrestleMania. And it was first teed up as Rikishi was the one that yep. hit him with the car. Later it turns out it was Triple H. 
wanted to get Austin out of the picture so he could get in and be this uh, this guy who ran the WWE. Undertaker was also hurt. He tore his pectoral muscle, also had a leg injury at one point, and so he was just a total mess physically. He returned in May as well after WrestleMania as the American Badass. Yep. So he finally transitions to American Badass. Love that. So one thing that we probably should have been doing in the first 15 WrestleMania is just going through the card really quick. I'm just going to speed through the yeah. card, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then you and I can talk about our favorite and least favorite parts. So this thing leads off with Big Boss Man and Bull Buchanan defeating The Godfather and D'Lo Brown with Ice-T in a tag team match. <laughs> Total throwaway match. Right, yep. Hardcore Holly. Now, we'll circle back on this one, but the Hardcore Battle Royal for the WWF Championship. A 15-minute scramble match, basically. Mm-hmm. Just spilling out into the back, blood everywhere, and Hardcore Holly wins in one of the most botched finishes in the history of wrestling. We'll get to that in a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, TNA, Albert and Test with Trish Stratus defeated Head Cheese, Al Snow, and Steve Blackman with Chester McCheeserton in a tag team match. Another just weird throwaway match. Then we have the first of three iconic hardcore tag matches over the course of a 12-month period. Edge and Christian over the Dudley Boys and the Hardy Boys in a triangle ladder match for the tag championships. You also had Terry Runnels against the cat in a cat fight that was basically just softcore porn yep. on TV. Yep. Right? China and Too Cool. Speaking of softcore porn, China was basically like losing her pants in this. Yeah, she had a wardrobe malfunction. That was <laughs> <Yep>. very obvious. <laughs> and then you had the radicals, uh, Dean Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, and Perry Saturn on the losing end of that one. This is a sneaky one because it was only given 13 minutes and they had two titles, but it's three of the greatest entering workers of all time. Chris yeah. Benoit defeating Chris Jericho and Kurt Angle for the first fall. Intercontinental Championship, and then there was a second fall in this match that Chris Jericho won for the European Championship. Kane and Rikishi defeated Degeneration X, which was down to just Road Dog and X Pac by this point with Tori, and then Triple H with help from Mr. McMahon's chair shot to The Rock, defeating The Rock, Mick Foley, and The Big Show with a McMahon in every corner for the WWF Championship. A 36 minute match, by the yeah. way. They let that thing go super long. So, what was your favorite part about WrestleMania 2000? Uh, I would definitely say the TLC match. I mean, that's that's definitely the crown jewel, I think, of of this WrestleMania. I've I've watched this Mania before. I've definitely watched the main event like numerous times. But going back and watching this from start to finish again for the first time in like a year or two, I'm kind of like disappointed with with this WrestleMania. Like, it, it has a lot of buildup and has a lot of the the wrestlers that I grew up watching. But the results of it, like the results of the match, didn't really seem to match the buildup to it for me. So yeah, like, well, it, was, it was weird. As far as the main event result, I believe it's the only time at that point in WrestleMania history where the heel goes over at the end. Yeah. I think the first 15 WrestleManias, it's the good guy getting his comeuppance. Sure. Hulk Hogan got his comeuppance in every one of them. And Stone it, Cold, the last two. It was just weird how, yeah, they sold it. Like, I... I, I a fatal four-way elimination match with a McMahon in every corner on paper, it's a great start. And I think even the entrances and the promos that are built up to it, you're like, you're all ready for it. And and then Big Show gets eliminated fairly early in the match, which is not surprising. But then Mick Foley gets out. And then it's just like the Rock and Triple H. And I thought it was kind of a clunker for the most when it was just those two. Like it, it, it went on for far too long. Um, There's still some really iconic moments. And the ending still worked. Like even though Triple H... Wins the match, he's the heel. Rock comes back, gets the last laugh, puts a rock bottom on all the McMahons, essentially. So, like, th- there is still this pop of a crowd of, like, oh, yeah, go Rock, even though he lost. It was it was just a little bit of a lackadaisical WrestleMania, I thought. So, I kind of I kind of had the same feeling. I, I'm probably not quite as down on it as you are. 
And I was trying to wrap my head around why did this? You had you had one of the most iconic matches. Although the the triangle ladder match was was actually not even as good as the next year's WrestleMania Correct. match, which is the that's that's the famous um, TLC match where Edge spears Hardy off the ring, yeah. and we'll get to that too. Can't wait next next week. But I think part of it is just you didn't have Stone Cold and the Undertaker, and so you you had between 1998, 99, and 2000. The WWF was exploding in popularity. Those are the three most popular years in WrestleManias in the history in terms of like Monday night audience and yeah. mainstream appeal and superstar, Hall of Fame, Mount Rushmore superstars. And yet, if you look at 98, 99, and 2000, well, Shawn Michaels was a big gun in 98 and then was not a part of 99, 2000. Undertaker was not a – in 97, you could include too – um, Undertaker was not part of a couple of these, including WrestleMania 2000. Then Stone Cold's not a part of WrestleMania 2000. Um, so it, it's almost like they had all this star power in three years, and yet they were missing so many key pieces in different parts of these WrestleManias. And even like the Stone Cold Shawn Michaels match in 98, Stone Cold had a broken neck and Michaels had a broken back, and so they couldn't really put on the match that they would have if they were both fully healthy. So there was a little bit of an anticlimactic, and not to mention... The real Triple H Degeneration X run took place starting the day after WrestleMania 14 mm-hmm. and kind of peaked before WrestleMania 15. And then DX kind of dissolves, gets back together a little bit late in the year. Uh, but then it's kind of dissolved again by um, like they had the, the the fake in WrestleMania 15. They had like the fake come together of DX. And then like by the end of the show, they crapped on X-Pac and they're out. Yeah. So even the top faction was never like fully assembled at these last two WrestleManias. Right. So um, I don't know. I think I think it was more about the power of the three or four year era than it was about like these WrestleManias knocking it out of the ballpark. Sure. Right. It, yeah. And I just like the promos are all good. Like even though the first match, right, like Big Boss Man and Bull Buchanan versus Godfather and D'Lo, like the highlight of that is Godfather doing his pimp promo beforehand yeah. and ice tea being in the ring like that's the highlight yeah um you have rock and mankind who cut great promos you have hardy the hardy boys uh jeff swantoning bubble ray off the ladder like there it's more of the moments before the result that like are that really capsulate the wrestlemania 2000 sure uh but in general yeah i just i thought it was a little bit it, it lacked a little bit of oomph that i've seen in the last few wrestlemania the, yeah the edging christian i thought they would do more with the table across the two ladders and then the table listen to what i'm saying like i thought they'd do more with yeah. too much ecw <laughs> in the 90s uh, so there was a little bit of a, like that match was amazing the triangle ladder match and it's definitely iconic and it's one of the most influential matches in wwe history and the swanton bomb off the ladder onto a table but then it kind of ends they 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 spent half the match setting up two ladders and a table and then another table and like they just they just tipped a guy off of it and then grabbed the titles. Like you thought there was going to be something else to the end. Yeah. Um, on the four-way elimination match, just to dive into that for a second. It was a 36-minute match. Half of it was devoted to Triple H and The Rock. Um, first time to that point that a heel goes over at the end. And one of the only times, if not the only time ever, I'd have to go see. I mean, Brock Lesnar, did he ever go over at the end of a WrestleMania? Well, I think he I, probably did. He might have, yeah. He, I think I, I don't know if he wins the title. Yeah, he does. He wins the title. I think in two WrestleManias. I could say okay. he wins the Royal Rumble in O two. Triple H might have had another one in there where he was a heel and, and stood yeah. tall at the end too. But but the big story you had a McMahon in every corner because the McMahon family was coming apart at the seams, and so Stephanie's with Triple H and Shane's with the Big Show, and Linda McMahon brings Mankind back. Mankind losing the Hell in a Cell match at the previous pay per view, No Way Out. 
was a retirement match. Mm-hmm. So he had to retire. Linda McMahon brings him back. This was Mankind's promo. And I want people talking about this match for the next 10 years. So I do believe that at WrestleMania, it's like a fairy tale for me, Kevin Kelly. And Triple H, Rock, Big Show, fairy tales can come true. It can happen to you. But it won't. Because tonight, in what could be the final match of my career, fairy tales will come true for me. Bye-bye! Then The Rock says tonight, he's going to do exactly what he does best, and that is go out there and lay the smack it down on their candy asses. The Rock says he will do it for the millions and millions of Rock's fans. Do whatever it takes, because The Rock, the people's champ, says tonight is the night. If you smell out what The Rock is cooking. So Vince comes out. Vince and Shane tussle for a while in their own match, like outside of this fatal four-way. Um, uh, and and so Vince eventually walks in with a steel chair and turns on his guy, The Rock, hits him twice in the head. He kicks out of the first one, then hits him again. And the fans are so pissed. Oh, yeah. They're throwing stuff in the ring. He gets drenched, uh, drenched with a beer when he goes into the hug to Stephanie. Yes. And I'm not sure if that was good heat or more like we're sick of this heat because it felt like right. it wasn't that the company like went into a nosedive by any means, but I don't know if the company ever really got back to where it was between 98 and WrestleMania 2000 after that. Like Stone Cold came mm-hmm. back and it was still super hot and the TV ratings were great throughout 2000, but it was almost like the fans wanted The Rock to go over and The Rock got beat in the previous main event by Stone Cold. Right. Um, in the following main event at WrestleMania 17, which we'll get to, The Rock was not a part of that main event. Mm-hmm. And then he 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 finally gets he, he finally goes over Hogan at 18, and then Stone Cold at 19, but not in the main event. And so, really, like The Rock, I think this was sort of like this should have been The Rock's WrestleMania to go over. He was the biggest star in the company. There's no Stone Cold. Yeah, and I think the fans' reaction at the end of the WrestleMania was. Wait, you just robbed us of The Rock's biggest WrestleMania moment. Like, why why would he kick out of the first steel chair shot and then not kick out of the second one and not turn around and win the match? Yeah, And I can see the frustration. It definitely feels a little clunky. And I think you're probably right where it had peaked. Like, WWF and WWE had, had peaked at this point. It doesn't mean that because they peaked, they went into a nosedive. It just meant they then they stayed stagnant for a little while. Very successful. But they they definitely did not capsulate the same amount of fans and reaction and that they did in, during '99 when they basically took over the ratings war for good. Because even at that point, WCW was in a tailspin by this time in 2000s. They were they were spiraling out of control, and I think WWE just had it under under control for the lack of a better word. So then they didn't really feel like they had to do as crazy as much things. So now they're just building up storylines. They're building up the Triple H and corporate. The Rock is still there. Kurt Angle is about to come up on his come up. So. I think they they still definitely had a great audience and a loyal audience, but they they definitely had peaked. Like it, it's it's still good for the next five six years, in my opinion. WWE is through like two thousand five oh six, and then that's when they kind of start to blip down. But it just it wasn't the same as it was in late ninety eight ninety nine. Yeah, so I actually have the ratings in front of me here, the Monday Night War ratings. So the the, the peak for for Monday Night Raw, they did an eight point one share. On May 10th of 1999, and I believe that may have been the night that Mick Foley, that Eric Bischoff gave it away on TV. That's right. And Mick Foley won the championship. 
I think that's I might correct. Be wrong no, on that. Th- that was because that was the that's the turning point in the Monday Night Wars was when they gave it away. Mankind wins the title, yeah. and then they never looked back. Then there was also the "This Is Your Life." Um, actually, you know what? That might have been the, the I think the highest ever rated episode of Raw might have been the uh, Mankind oh. and Rock "This Is Your Life" segment that went on for like twenty minutes, but inexplicably it was the high. It's it's one of those two. Sure. But then you get into 2000, and WWF is tripling Nitro in the ratings at this point yeah. and crushing. And the numbers are huge, but the numbers definitely start to dip in the later part of 2000. They go from regularly doing six and seven shares in the early part of 2000 to more like four and five shares in the later part of 2000. So, this, so what we were watching is, I wonder how it would have been different if The Rock goes over and becomes the absolute face of the, of the company going, coming yeah. out of that WrestleMania and he's the one doing all the tours with the belt the next day on, you know, the talk shows and stuff. Now he did get his comeuppance at the end. Um, and so I guess that's my main takeaway is that I get what they were doing. They Vince McMahon's looking at it saying for 15 years, the good guy has gone over at the end. Mm-hmm. Let's throw a curveball at the fans. I just don't know if you needed to do that. that yeah. That's the rocks moment to win the championship and go over. And they even kind of knew like, well, we, we have to end it with the rock getting his comeuppance, but he should have won the match. I agree. He definitely should have. I mean, he, and I think towards like SummerSlam, he starts to peak again and, and, kind of has his last hoorah before he then goes off to film more movies and stuff, and he kind of is getting his exit out, his one foot out the door almost at that point in WWF. But yeah, he should have won. He, I think it would have, it could have propelled them to even higher ranks. You're, you bring up a good point. Yeah. Um, all right. What else stood out to you? What was, what was, what was another thing to you that we should, we should touch on here? I got uh, a couple things in my notes, but you go for on. me, just like uh, all the Attitude Era members who like were a little bit underappreciated, like the Godfather. Like I, I feel like we we definitely know Stone Cold and we know The Rock and DX, but like Godfather and don't get me wrong, his act could not fly in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty nineteen culture, but he was like a great yeah. pop of the crowd. The whole train, like it, it did, it worked for the time. Wildly, wildly inappropriate for 2020 mainstream. And culture, another right? thing, an eight-year-old should not be yelling is "ho train," but you know, I'm sure <laughs> I was yelling it a lot. Um, I thought that was pretty hilarious. And then just yeah, another weird stuff that couldn't fly in 2020. Like they go from this weird promo of Steve Blackman and Al Snow to a camera close up of Trish Stratus's yes. rack essentially as yes. she's walking out, just like, Dude. oh my god, this could never work in 2020. You know, it's just Vince McMahon sitting there too. Vince McMahon just like, let's get a close right. up there, and then let's ca- get that close up. Like Cat comes in wearing essentially a sheer suit with a thong on, and like she goes into the ring, you can see almost everything as she bends yeah. over the road. Just like how far the women's division and how they've just honestly revamped it for good, by the way. Um, it's it's remarkable because it, this kind of stuff would never, ever fly in 2020. No, it is. I mean, that cat match against uh, against Terry Runnels was literally softcore porn yeah. on TV. It was just straight-up softcore porn. And, of course, the, the Mae Young and um, oh what's her name? The other uh, Fabulous Moolah. Fabulous Moolah. And then that spun off into, at one point, Mark Henry was with Mae Young in yeah. a relationship, he and she gave, gave birth to a hand. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. Oh, God. So there's there's some weird stuff in this era of wrestling. A lot of it's just like Vince McMahon's juvenile. Yeah. Uh, but they were doing seven shares. All right. The thing that I actually loved, maybe like, let's get to another category, match that stole the show for me. Mm-hmm. The 15-minute hardcore battle royal. I loved this. Oh, did you? Okay. You hated it? I thought it was okay. I thought it was just okay. So I actually think they should bring back the hardcore title. Yeah. I think the hardcore title, it doesn't have to be bloody and gory, and I get that they don't have blood now, but I think the hardcore title is a great mechanism to just get guys over, or if there's guys that really aren't currently part of the Intercontinental Championship run or yeah. the or the Universal or like WWE Championship tier. run. Like third-tier superstar yeah. ranks. Or even like third-tier superstar ranks, guys that you're trying to get over, but also like... Guys that you don't have a program for right now mm-hmm. that you could just, all right, well, you know, what are we going to do with um, Kevin Owens? We haven't done anything relevant with yeah, Kevin God. Owens for a while. And so, well, what if Kevin Owens was like showing, what if what if you could rebrand Kevin Owens or Finn Balor or something yes. as a crazy hardcore maniac? And that's the new twist on their character. And they win the hardcore championship. And then when they eventually spin off of it and lose, now they're rebranded as like a hardcore maniac that could fight for the WWE championship you know, Triple H and Vince McMahon on that idea, because I I can't stand how basically KO and Finn Balor have just been, like, written off from, and and Finn Balor's more like, they focused him on NXT, so I kind of get that, and that's where Finn Balor really did make his hay, but, like, Kevin Owens, five years ago, was the dude, and this guy's just been, like, in weird, dumb throwaway matches for, like, the last two years, and I love watching Kevin Owens. And you can tell these guys, listen, we're going to bring this thing back, but no thumbtacks, no barbed wire, Mm -hmm. none of that stuff. Like, um, maybe maybe that's their beef is that, well, if we're going to bring it back and we can't let them use barbed wire and thumbtacks, then is it really going to (laughs) live up to what people think it is? But I thought this match was so brutal and violent, and you had two or three guys getting busted open the hard way, including... Pete Gass, part of the Mean Street Posse. <laughs> so this dude takes a box to the head. I read about this afterwards, too. He was a bloody mess, and it was it was hardway blood. Oh. So he got hit in the head with a box at one point, and it legitimately split his head open. And he, he was one of, like, 12 guys to win the title during this match because yeah. it was whoever is the winner at the end of the 15 minutes. So if you won, if you pin somebody three minutes in, like, you have to then run for your life. Yep. And the ending of this, I'm bearing the lead, the ending of this match, I love the match, I love the concept, I love the hardcore championship and and what it represents. I, I wouldn't do 24-7 rules with it, but the ending of this match was so botched. It's one of the worst botched WrestleMania matches ever. Yeah. So what was supposed to happen is Bob Holly comes in, and he's got that jar of candy, yeah. glass jar of candy. So Taz has Crash Holly in his Taz mission. Love the Taz mission. And Bob Holly comes in and he cracks the glass over both their heads and he goes to pin crash. Well, the referee was supposed to like delay the count one, two, and then the timer was supposed to run out. But there was something lost in translation where the referee like kind of quick counted it. And I think he thought crash was supposed to kick out and then the timer was going to go. And he like. He, when he, he did normal one two, but then like on the three count, he like slapped Crash's arm. Like he didn't he didn't physically hit the mat with the with right. the third count. Because so that leads me to believe that the referee thought there was going to be a kick out. So he so he goes one two and then lifts his hand up for a kick out. Right. There was no kick out. The timer was still like a second or two away from running out, and so they had all this confusion and they just ruled well it was a pin. So Bob Holly is the winner. Crash was supposed to be the winner. And hang on to the title. So the next night on Raw, they had another hardcore match, and Crash, Crash won it back. It. God. 
And I believe I read too that Taz actually got glass like in his eye and it oh. screwed up his vision and it like derailed a huge push for him that summer. <laughs> and then he had a bunch of other injuries and like Taz was supposed to be main event level guy. Yeah, I love and Taz. injuries basically screwed that for him. Yeah. So I actually thought that this was the match that kind of stole the show just for my own personal taste, even though the triangle ladder match was part of this WrestleMania. Right. Because I love the hardcore championship. Yeah, and I, I love TLC. I love Jeff Hardy. And even uh, one of the things I noticed, too, in that match is, like, after Hardy does this swanton, just how dead, but, like, honestly dead Bubba Ray Dudley looked after he took the, yes. the swanton from, from the ladder. Oh, for God's sake, don't do it, Jim. As a lover of Jeff Hardy, I think my entire existence of commentary for between JR and Michael Cole is saying, don't do it, Jeff, yeah. <laughs> don't do it, and he'll always do it. And uh, a few months later at SummerSlam, they had the first TLC triangle match, yeah. and then it culminated another, what, seven, eight months down the road at WrestleMania, and we'll get to that next week, right. the iconic match. And as I think about this and, and you know, Wrestle, uh, WWE sort of peaking in 2000, like the summer of 2000, and then the ratings never got back to where they were. If you think about all the things that WWF did between 1997 and 2000 to just raise the bar, raise the bar, raise the bar, factions, so you had, you had Degeneration X, you had Hell in a Cell, um, you had Thumbtacks, Barbed Wire, you had... Uh, sledgehammers, you had chair shots to the head and all this violence and stuff building and building and building. And it all kind of culminated in the early part of 2000 with the street fight at Royal Rumble with all of those things I just mentioned, the Hell in a Cell at No Way Out, WrestleMania, like you, at some point you couldn't build on it anymore without just being like a freak combat zone wrestling, you know, yeah. affiliation. So at some point they had to sort of scale back on like how high can you throw someone off of a cell and like get away with him living and you know they you weren't just going to be able to like replicate throwing mankind off a cell for interest to to to, to reach a new plateau mm-hmm. and I think they almost fell victim to raising the bar so much in those three years that there was nowhere to go but down for interest and ratings sure. later on in two thousand yeah so a, a couple other other observations I had too just random ones were number one I think this is my favorite Kane outfit. So it comes oh, yeah. in in like that more darker black with the red being the secondary color. I like it too. I love that. And then also Paul Bear basically matching him and being just, again, great Paul Bear with his hilarious looks on his faces and trying to interact with Too Cool, who I, I also I always was a big fan of. Pete Rose trying to sneak in there for a third WrestleMania, getting, getting his ass kicked. And then, I don't know if you've not noticed this too, but when they showed that promo, not even promo, but of that fan winning the contest, like the all-day WrestleMania contest, and they go to show up in her house, and it's just like the most quintessential wrestling family fans yes. in the world. Like it's it's a little bit of white trash as a mom, like holding a cigarette, yep. hugging her son in oh. the living room, just like, oh, this is the perfect person that could have won this type of contest. Like, I've never been on a plane before. And it's like a private jet. Oh, like it was just ripping her heater, ripping a heater, never been on a plane. Oh, oh my God, dude. It was it. That, that was their demographic. So I'm not surprised. Man, the only other observation before we get to some of these uh, last categories, uh, the, the, because you mentioned Kane and too cool DX. This was really 
the end of DX. So X-Pac and Road Dog were the remnants left of Degeneration X. Uh, in early 2000, according to Wikipedia, Billy Gunn was placed out of action for several months after suffering an injury during a match with the Dudley Boys. On screen, the storyline involved him getting thrown out of DX because he lost his cool. I do remember that. And so Xbox teamed up with Road Dog, but they never reached the heights of the New Age Outlaws. Yeah. And so Triple H was actually still technically a member of DX leading into WrestleMania. But this was his official transition. At the end of WrestleMania, he transitioned into the McMahon-Helmsley stable. And by late 2000, Triple H was just straight up a solo star who was off to the races and then eventually getting into 2002, Evolution, mm-hmm. etc. Uh, ordinarily, we would do fun facts from listener Mike. Uh, our thoughts go out to Mike. He's got some stuff going on right now that prevented him from uh, from sending us those facts. So uh, we're thinking about you, Mike. And uh, anytime you want to come back into the wrestling mix, we got your back. Oh, yeah. Match that stole the show for me. For you, it was the TLC match. Yes, for, or, or it was the ladder match. For me, it was the hardcore match. Okay, definitive Mania rankings. WrestleMania 14, 10, 13, and 15 are the top four for us right now. With Hogan and Warriors main event, uh, WrestleMania six overall, where would you put this WrestleMania? Let's let's go one through ten stunner scale here. So, I I want to give it a seven because it is it, it's not a disaster, but I I feel like it's probably like a six and a half. Like it, it, the TLC match sells it a lot. I have a lot of the wrestlers who I grew up watching and was gravitated towards, so I have a bias towards them. But rewatching this yesterday, it. it it kind of made me think like this was kind of just an average at best WrestleMania. Yeah. That's how I took it. The end brings it down for me. Yeah. So like I can't put it. I mean like five at best, but really it's probably like more like six or seven. I I personally think, which shocks me because I think going okay. into this WrestleMania I would have had it higher. I don't know what you would do, but so so you're saying it's a you're giving it a six. I'm going to give it a five. Let's give it a five point five overall. Okay. If the ending, if the rock had gone over at the end, it's like an eight for me. Yeah. Because because yeah. it, it validates. Think about this, like in 2000, The Rock, I believe SmackDown started in 1999, so The Rock has a show named after him. He is the best promo cutter in the history of wrestling, really, like him and Ric Flair. Yep. And he is wildly cheered at that point as a babyface, and when, when he's a heel, he's also wildly booed. He's just the most popular guy in the company. Traditionally, you get you give that guy a win at WrestleMania to end, and so I, I just I can't justify him losing that match. All right, so it's a five point five, which we'll go through and like we'll give the composite scores for all these at some point, so it lines up. But I believe that puts it in the middle of the pack, kind of right around uh, WrestleMania four, like Savage DiBiase yeah. tournament ending. I think that's probably right. So, all right, that's a wrap on WrestleMania Rewind. We are heading into. Some really fun manias here, too, with the yeah. triangle ladder match at 17, Hogan versus The Rock at 18, 19 is the third Stone Cold Rock matchup, and there's all kind of, like Shawn Michaels makes his comeback at some point during this. So. I'm, I'm Jack, man. I love these next three WrestleManias are some of my favorites. I'm really excited to be watching. Good them. stuff here. So that's Declan. I'm Phil. Thanks for hanging out with us on WrestleMania Rewind.
Whether it's Fred Meyer's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh Cosmic Crisp apples, there are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Fred Meyer has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Fred Meyer, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.